When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Hi, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. I'm Whitney Wiley. I'm Greer McVeigh. It's Greer. Hey, Whit, Witty Wit. What's, what's going go- on? What's going on? Just you came know, back from a few days of R&R, hanging out with the hubby for our 10th anniversary. That's well, So where did you end up going? We I know there ended- was some like drum roll. <laughs> there was like some Mendocino. There was some... Didn't, I didn't want people mid, showing up. Mid showing coast. up. <laughs> showing up. I knew there was going to be wine involved and scenery involved and you know actually, coastal action. Would you? There was that? coastal action, and actually, I had more lemon drops than I did wine, and That's I had true. some lemon good drops lemon good. drops. I had some good lemon drops. Yeah. Um, but we did have wine and champagne, sparkling wine and um ate a lot we got out and saw some of uh, an area that i really hadn't spent any well i'd never been to pacifica before so we went to pacifica california specific specific specifica pacifica you went specifically to pacifica okay (laughs) pacifica and i'd never been Mm-hmm. It I is, spent a fair amount of time there because I went to San Francisco State, so it's in the well, that, general that vicinity. That would make sense. Yeah. That would make sense. Um, it's one of those places where if you throw a rock, you will have. <laughs> you throw a rock. You stand in one place and you throw a rock in four directions. You will have seen the whole of, I guess, what's the touristy area of yeah. Pacifica, right? Not Pacifica where, not where the people live, which is, it, it reminded me in that respect, though, on a much smaller scale of like Napa, right? When you go to Napa, oh, you okay. think now wineries. You, now you're no, tripping. You, that's a bridge. No, too. you need to listen to what I'm saying. When you mm-hmm. think of Napa, you think of the wineries, right? Yeah. So I'm not talking okay. about the same scale or maybe even quality depending on who you are but i'm talking about you go yeah you go to pacifica it literally was like four square blocks of little shops restaurants places are you saying that they've got a growing wine 
I am not talking well, about wine. If you wine. take the wine out, just the downtown. If you just yeah. let me finish. Well, no, because <laughs> you, you started on the wrong direction. I'm not on the wrong direction. You need to just be quiet and let me finish. Okay, so that you can see the analogy that I'm using. It has nothing to do with wine. Okay. Okay. All right. It is the comparison of when you think of Napa, you think of wine, right? Okay. And, but Napa is much more than what people actually live in Napa, right? There are okay. ordinary houses, regular yes. bungalow yes. houses, one bedroom houses, apartment buildings. There's a Target, you know, there's Whole Foods. It's just an ordinary city and place. Okay. But when you think Napa, you don't think of that until you move away from sort of the winery row, right? Okay. You move off of okay. 12 or what at 29 or whatever it is. When I was thinking of Pacifica, right? I was thinking, oh, it'll be this nice little touristy place. And, you know, on the beach, mm -hmm. which it was. But when you move away from that that area it's just a city like any other city people live there there are like forty thousand people that live in pacifica i it wouldn't have dawned on me that it was that hey so big. so back up so when you think of pacifica before you went when you think of oh pacifica you think of what Actually, I hadn't thought of Pacifica in any way. So, I, so, I so I'm not getting the analogy of I can appreciate when you think, when one thinks of Napa, you think of wine, but then you step back and you realize, wow, it's just a regular cute little city. Yeah. So the, and, and the term analogy means, right? You're well, make, analogizing something the same to something thing. else. So when you think of Pacifica, you're like, I don't think of it at all. So then, I and then it becomes just a, a normal. I hadn't city. thought of it at all, but when I made the decision to go there, I guess I was thinking it would be. Um, I thought it would be what it was where we stayed, but what I'm saying is that once we left, sort of the, the, the I don't know if that's considered downtown or. Old town or new town or uptown. I don't know what, what they consider tourist that. Tourist town. Uh -huh. A tourist town, whatever. But you go up the hill, there are thousands of houses. It's just another place that has a nice, quaint commercial district or Which a is one of the district reasons that, or one of the reasons that people recommend being a tourist in your own town or having staycations. A lot of times there are cute things in your own town or your neighboring towns that you just pass over and don't give a moment's thought to. People who are on vacation and come to these places, they'll discover these things. And you're like, oh, I never knew like that Martinez has a winery or that, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, there are all kinds of cute little things that you can discover right. in your own backyard. So that's right. that's nice that you put this town on the map and now people will <laughs> be- put it, it's, on, it's on the map. To... And then we went over to Half Moon Bay, which I had been to Half Moon Bay as an adult. I probably had been there as a kid or passed through or something. I have been there as a kid lots of times. I do not recall 
being okay. in Half Moon Bay as a kid. I have been there once as an adult and we actually, I went with a group, we went hiking at Parisma um, Park, National Park or whatever it's called. And then we went and had dinner and we had lunch at a restaurant there. Um, so that was the only actual memory I have of Half Moon Bay. So after do you we remember, stayed in, do you not remember going to the pumpkin patch? As a kid, which is not probably specifically one of the it's most known for. Mm, okay, not specifically. Interesting, because we used to I go every probably year. Probably have but... a I certainly don't remember going every year. <laughs> I have a vague okay. a vague memory of maybe going to a pumpkin patch at some point in my life, but certainly not every year. Mm -hmm. So, people, these are the things when you have siblings doing podcasts. That you get, that you, you know, you got memories of things. You got people yelling at each other. You got like hostility, and I'm sick. I would like to think that I could get a, some a break, but you know, it's okay. No, you can't. Get, uh, you know, you what? had a break. You had a break. You, which went. is probably why I got sick. Uh, yeah, I had a break, and now I need a vacation from my vacation. And I want to propose because technically this is a work day, my day job, uh, or will be, you know, the, my work day hasn't started. But I'm like, you know, I don't feel great and I don't really want to work, but I don't feel bad enough to take a day off of work and I'm working mm. from home. So I, I want to propose this thing called a like a half day or a half hearted day. You know, like a half-hearted day. I think you should like have like a little, like a little flag oh stand that's like a half of a heart, and you put it on your desk, and people know. You know, it's like I'm here to do the work. Don't talk to me. Don't add anything to my plate. I just want to move some things forward. So I don't want to cost the the company a day of my labor, but I really don't want to be messed with today. So I'm proposing a half-hearted day. I'm going to try to make that a thing. I'm going to start pushing that. I'm going to talk to people I know in HR and people who are supervisors. Whitney, you have a, a your own company. You're a boss. Would your employee, would your sole employee, how does your sole employee, how do you think your sole employee would feel about a half-hearted day? Um, I would just... I, my system is one where you work to get your work done. When you get your, you get paid to get your work done. When you, I am not, I'm not in like, you need to work an upset number of hours. This is what exactly. your work so that is. is. So if, so if you're having a half hour, so day, if you, you got four hours worth of work, you do it and you're done by noon and keep it moving. Right. There you, there you go. Yeah. Or anyway. <laughs> don't work today or don't work today and get it done another day. I don't care. Yeah. But, you know, uh, along that, along those lines, unfortunately, there are laws, you know, for those who are looking out for people being taken advantage of by others, not by me, of course, but by others who require you know, that a certain number of hours be worked and that people get paid for them and, and, and the like. So we're not having a labor, <laughs> a labor employment law 
session today, but I recognize that that plays a part in some of what goes on. Well, which is different, which is different than mindset about how work gets done, right? There are some legal requirements, you know, and uh, exempt and non-exempt employees and that sort of stuff. But that's separate from a whole thing about mindset. And as someone who spent the vast majority of my life as a as an exempt employee, to have an employer who you know required that I show up and be there, it, I, I don't think makes a lot of sense. But that's me. And that's a discussion for another time. It is. And the discussion for this time. So now that we've both had a little bit of time off, we're both back and we got got the rest though. You were on the go. (laughs) I was on the go and I guess I'm getting my rest now being sick. And over the weekend, I plan to take another weekend off of whatever, but that's a whole other story. But we've got like all these things percolating, which is probably part of the problem, just having so much going on. It's like moving and shaking and moving and shaking. That's my finger snapping. Anyway, so while I was out of town, you and I both became number one international best-selling authors. You for the not first time. Um, me for the first time. So, you know, we, in our last conversation, we talked about um, that experience for me in the book that I read for the book that I read, right? So you and I are both contributors to a book called The Book I Read. What's the subtitle? (laughs) <laughs> How do I have it in Trans- Transformations. The uh, book I read, Stories, stories of, transformation. of Transformation. The book I read, Stories of Transformation. That's the name of the book that we contributed to. And in that book, we discussed a book we read and what how that book transformed us. So mine was on the book Cast, uh, the stories, the origins of our discontent. And yours was on what? First of all, what chapter are you? What number is your chapter? <laughs> number oh, you fifty. Know, are you number fifty? I so am author number like fifty. Last but not least, so you're anchoring the book. Right? I am. You're, I am. You are like, okay, the rest of y'all with your little piddling stories. I hear you, but here I am, and I'm gonna wrap this up. And the book that I, were, were you the, let me ask this, were you the only one who wrote about this particular book to your knowledge? was not. To my knowledge, I have not read the book yet, um, but to my knowledge, there were four people who wrote about who this particular this book. book. Okay. Yes. And I don't know if anybody else wrote about my book, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say no. no. <laughs> you know, good. That's, that's fine. <laughs> And so, and as you said, you haven't read the book. Um, I think we've had some opportunities to read some parts of the book, but we're I have purchased it, our, but it, yeah, it hasn't showed up yet. Yeah, I've purchased it. I haven't gotten mine either. I don't know why we didn't get an advanced copy, but that's a whole other story just for marketing purposes. If oh, you, you do but, have an advanced copy. We did get an advanced copy. No, like a hard copy. Not oh, a no, we got, a, we got a digital copy. 
So, and I, you know, anyway, that's, that's, a, so <laughs> drum roll without any further ado, the book that you read is the book that I read that changed my life is the Bible. The well, Christian the, Bible. As they say, well, that's the a good, good book. so uh first of all why did you choose that book why did you choose that book I've got multiple questions but why did you choose that book okay well I chose a book and there are lots of books that I like you right there are lots of books that I have read many of which have made an impact on my life. Some have really changed my thinking, but none has, no book has had the lasting and continual, is a continual or continuous um, impact on my life that the Bible does. I read it, some portion of it every single day. Um, The first time I read it, cover to cover was in 2003. I had tried to read it on many occasions prior to that and couldn't get out of Genesis. <laughs> Quite frankly, I, I had never gotten out of Genesis. We did not grow up in a religious home. We were free to- I want people that. I might not want people knowing that. We did not grow up in a religious home. Although they could probably tell. (laughs) But anyway, go ahead. We were were exposed to, um, I would say we were exposed to religion. We were exposed to family um, and friends who had, you know, religious backgrounds were allowed to go to church um, and then ultimately allowed to make our decision about our how we wanted to move forward with uh, a spiritual, you know, in our spiritual lives. And I'll, I'll leave sort of- And our parents did have a lot of friends who thought, those kids, those girls need to go to church. <laughs> and, and, they and, be, and they let and us our parents go. be like, okay, take them. So we would go to different- <laughs> We had gone to different, different, different kinds of churches. Yes. Kinds of, yes. Just a, uh, different types of houses of- worship spiritual right? worship yes yeah yes. yeah so anyway so so we didn't and so there was a part home, of me but, there okay. so there was a part of me that felt that you know I, I believed in God but I didn't know really anything about God which is really sort of weird right um that you believe in something that you have like no real knowledge about. But I I guess what I felt was that there was something bigger than me and that there was something out there that answered lots of the questions that I had about life and how things work. So I wanted to read the Bible, but was having a really difficult time doing so. Um, And then I had this spiritual encounter. I call it. I call it my Azevedo Road experience, which is likened to um, Saul's experience on the road to Damascus. Um, So they call it the Damascus Road experience. And I had an encounter with God on the the street one morning while I was out running. 
that turned everything around. And after that, I went to, I found this church. Um, I didn't find it. It was always there, but I decided to go to a particular church. I wasn't lost. It wasn't lost. Um, But I went to the church. I met with the pastor and he made a suggestion that I try a, um, read a Bible in a yearbook and in a particular version. And where I started reading wasn't at the beginning. So I didn't, the very first time I read the book cover to cover, so to speak, I didn't start at the front cover. I started in the middle. Genesis where you were going to get sidetracked and be like, okay. I did did not start in Genesis. I started in a part of the Bible that was about God's love and what it said to me in a, in a whole different respect was that the Bible and God is, is, is a love story and it is God's wooing of us. And so the the Genesis and setting up, you know, the beginning of time and the stuff that's in the old Testament is you know, the, the history of why things are the way they are, you know, some of that's really difficult to get through, but in the new Testament, it, it's a very different approach and take. And so it 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 started there. Can you, it started there. Let me ask you two quick questions. One, which version of the Bible did you read? And two, when you started to do this, you started in this, this Bible in a year started in the second, um, in the New Testament. Yes. I, yes. I, my recollection, I'd have to look back in, in in my journals. Um, but my recollection is that it started in first John, um, where it talks about the word is God, God, and, and the word is Jesus. Um, and so it, it just was about God's love for us. And then it moved to somewhere else. And then I moved somewhere else. And then eventually you get through, you get to revelation. And then the year starts over. The year starts on January 1st, Genesis one, but it was October when I started reading. So I picked up reading on that particular day. Cause that's what it said in the Bible. Um, unfortunately it was the, the new international version, the NIV. Uh, and unfortunately I do not still have that Bible, which is really sad, uh, because there were some things that were, um, some notes and things that were, oh, okay. You mean the your Bible. personal, copy. my personal okay. type, my personal copy. And it was in a, in a book cover, you know, thing and it had notes and stuff um, that were lost uh, when I walked away I don't know got distracted at church one day after church and walked away and left it and I never got it back so um, I just assumed somebody needed that particular bible more than I somebody stole and I have like I I wouldn't say someone stole it they found it. They never I'm, saying someone, I'm saying found someone found, I'm, I found the Bible. I'm saying someone found the Bible. I didn't return it. That sounds like stealing to me. But I, okay. I, it's maybe they needed it more than I did. I have, I have. No, clearly, they needed it. But I have 
seven or eight different versions of Bible. So I am not at a okay. loss for Bible. So you selected this book. It, it, it changed. You got introduced to it in 2004. Three. Would you say 94? 2003. 2003. 2003. And wait a minute. Okay. So you, you, and then it, how did it change your life? Did you, did it change your life in real time or was there at some point later on that you sort of reflected on the lessons that you learned? How, how do you find, how did that transformation come about or your realization that it had transformed you come about? It, it happened in real time. I, I think it was mostly, I was at a point in my life where I was really unhappy. I had gone through a divorce um, it was messy. It was painful. Um, the child custody battle that was part of that was equally painful. Um, my my self-image and self-worth sort of as a woman was challenged as a part of that um, experience. And I was doing a lot of you know, I was engaged in a lot of destructive behaviors that were not serving me. And so I was unhappy. I was not at peace in my life. And, and it was something that I wanted. And that experience on the street, probably as much as if not more than um, the actual reading of the Bible is what started the transformation. But it was learning that that God isn't about it's not about punishment, right? That that the whole thing of people who are judgmental and angry and bitter that's not of God. That is not of the Bible. There are stories of that. It's sharing how we're fallible as people, but that is not the way we were created or that things are meant to be. So for me, understanding that and understanding that I was, um, that there was hope for me to live the life and to live my life in the way that I wanted, uh, just boiled down to understanding the bigger picture and ultimately making some choices that were glorifying um, of God that, that showed that I was grateful for all. And in spite of how miserable I was, there was a lot of really good things that were happening in my life. Um, and finding a way to be grateful for those things. And then ultimately, I think what this did for me was set me up for what would become the hardest time of my life, um, which is after Theron passed away. My, my son, for those for whom this may be your first time listening to Lemon Drops, uh, I lost my son in 2005. So in, in 2003 and sort of starting on that journey, I feel like set me up um, to be able to move through that really difficult time of my life. 
So did you, when your son died, did you have moments where you questioned your faith? Oh, absolutely. And, <laughs> absolutely. And so did you return? And I was angry. Uh, yes. Read or how did how did the book that that you had read that had transformed you now sort of save you or help you if if right. it did at all? No, it it absolutely did, and it took some time. I'm not going to say that it was easy. It it took some time because I was angry, right? Um, it was like so I turn I, I spent my whole life you know, sort of living my life for myself, doing things my way. I turn and give my life to you, Lord. And I felt like, and the thanks I get is that my son dies, right? Well, that that's not exactly how it was, but that's what I was thinking. And that's what I was feeling. And I was struggling uh, initially. And, but I knew that if I just kept coming back to prayer, coming back to reading the Bible, coming back to understanding how all of this sort of fits together that I would be able to move through because there were certainly times when I did not want to continue, right? And the the challenge was if I give up, if I give in, if I quit, if I'm no longer here, how does that do anything um, to, to honor Theron's life, right? And, and what he brought to my life. And so, and, and then I got to see how parenthood, how relationships, how all of these things are reflected in uh, the Bible in our relationship with God, if we choose to have one all of everything we are and learn are, um, they are paths to help us understand how we um, can and should be relating to God and the struggles, how they all fit in and fit together. Well, I find it for one fascinating that this book, that any book, but particularly this book, right? That societies have been, you know, created and 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 fought over and and so much over, you know, eons. Uh, well, not eons, centuries. Yes, eons. Um, <laughs> I don't know how long an eon, but certainly you know, <laughs> thousands, a couple thousand years. Uh, yeah. how, how it has, how it means so much to so many people. And it's interesting to hear how it impacted you or transformed you. And I really hope that people um, not only read that book, even if you are not a particularly religious or Christian or, you know, spiritual person, just as a piece of literature, it yeah. is a it is a very informative, interesting, good book to read. Um, and it helps you learn so much. And, you know, so there's that. And again, I hope people would read the book I read, right? Yes. To get your, you know, your more succinct take on that book, as well as the 49 other um, 
co-authors that you that you share the book with. So I hope, you know, the book I read is as transformational for people because it opens their minds to at least, well, I wouldn't say 50 different books, but 40, 46. There at, at least 40, because I know an, another book that multiple authors um, wrote about was The Four Agreements, which is a book I read. And it also had a, a transformative impact okay. on my life. Um, and so um, I, and I know there are other books in there that, that are multiple and, and that are probably and to multiple, get different takes and, on it, right? And different takes because everyone's experience, for different reasons. Absolutely. absolutely. Everyone's experience is not the same. Um, so, uh, our takes on the same book, just like our takes on what's happening in the world right now are not homogenous. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think this is uh, this is it's a it was a wonderful opportunity to be a part of that book. It's great talking to you and hearing your take on your chapter, or chapter fifty. And again, I I just really hope that people um, hear you. And wh again, whether you're a religious or a spiritual person or not just to understand, to even think the fact that that something could be so transformative to a person. It's like, well, I want to read that just to just to know what, you know, what it is, you know, and I've and I've never read the Bible cover to cover. And like you have started at Genesis 22 times and you know it's difficult. Um, it is I'll difficult. give you a plan. But there I are actually, other ways now to do I it. have downloaded it on my Audible. So I'm actually going to listen to it. And I keep saying, you know, now that I'm on the road so much, it's like, you know what, Greer, just do it, you know, a chapter a day. So I would still know. start somewhere else other than in the Old Testament. I'd start at least in the New Testament. I could give you some some pointers on, on that, but um, I think we've covered it. And the, our invitation to you is to get your copy of the book I read. You can get it at the book I read book.com. It's available also on Amazon. And we thank you for joining us for this episode of Life Lemons and Lemon Drops. Until next time, take care. Thanks for joining us for Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com. 